Hello, Kensington. I hope everyone is having an awesome July. There is nothing better than summer in Michigan. Yes, even if wearing masks is a requirement. My name is Jill Cascone, and I'm a part of our Clarkson campus here at Kensington Church. Welcome to week three of our Remember series. Hello to all of you sitting in our auditoriums. We're so excited to see you in person. And hello to all of you watching from home where showers are optional, or maybe you're watching from your vacation spot. We're so glad you decided to join us today. If you're checking us out for the first time or are relatively new, a special thank you and welcome from us. Please introduce yourself by texting hello to 248-781-2771. You can also learn more about who we are by visiting our website at kensingtonchurch.org and by downloading our Kensington Church app. And of course, you can always stay connected with all of our social media channels. Last week, we mentioned two opportunities for your elementary age children. Well, here is a friendly reminder. Students in kindergarten through grade six are invited to join Kaleo Kids Virtual Spark Camp. It's happening the week of August 10th through the 14th. Students will spend time learning about the love of God while having a blast honing their skills in dance, music, and drama. The camp is Monday through Thursday via our new best friend, Zoom. Their new skills will be put to the test with an outdoor in-person video shoot at our Orion campus. For more information and registration, head to kensingtonchurch.org slash kaleo. Keeping up with the tradition, we've invited Spring Hill Day Camps back to several of our campuses this summer for our kindergarten through fifth graders. With Bible teachings, high energy group sessions, and activities like archery, bungee trampoline, and sword swallowing. Okay, no sword swallowing, but this is something your kid won't want to miss. Register at springhillexperiences.com. On a more serious note, COVID-19 has changed a lot in our world and many adjustments had to be made. But one thing COVID-19 has not stopped is our recovery communities from pursuing healing. For months, Kensington has been providing safe and distraction-free environments online for people from middle school all the way to adulthood, tackling all kinds of challenges, such as relationship issues, gambling, and substance abuse. Starting last week, we have been safely meeting together in person. Over 100 people have attended Celebrate Recovery at three permanent campuses in Southeast Michigan, many of them for the very first time in person. We are also providing virtual meetings for teenagers, those in vulnerable populations, and those who are still not comfortable with social gatherings. Our confidential Bible-based recovery programs are designed to offer support and hope for the hurts, habits, and hangups of life. No fees, pressure, or registration required. Check out kensingtonchurch.org recovery to find out more. Thanks for being here with us today. We truly love all of you. We're here for you, and we are so grateful to be in this together.
As the video uh, welcome already welcomed you, I want to welcome you here in person and then also say for those online joining us, thanks for being here. And for those in person, we are so glad that you've chosen to join us here this morning. Uh, we just heard a song called Every Little Thing and that the heart of that song actually uh, is tied to really the theme of our entire series. You've arrived for part number three of a series that we're in called Remember. And the heart of that song talks about how we remember the things that God has done, uh, which and then helps us to trust that every little thing you know, that we're facing is going to be all right, that God can be trusted. Uh, before we jump into our day, because we have a little bit of a different day planned, we're going to take just a moment at the beginning of our service to receive our offering, both here in the room and then also, well, just to mention it in the room, and then also to take it electronically online. So we're not going to pass anything in the room. There are buckets at the uh, exits as you leave. But even in here in the auditorium, if you want to take out your phone, you can text the word Kensington to 77977. Uh, it's a very safe and secure way to give through our app or our website. And then also, we're always careful to mention, thank you for giving, especially at a time that's so uncertain, you know, in, in this COVID season. Uh, certainly, it's an act of faith, and that's what God calls us to do, to give back with, you know, just a portion of what he asks us uh, to give back of what we've been blessed with. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for trusting God and our leadership. 
So um, I just want to go ahead and let you know that even though we're in week three of this series, uh, there is going to be uh, actually no message today because we're going to be watching a video. Uh, it's a longer video. It's a th- about a 30-minute video of a very big announcement. In fact, uh, I, would, I would venture to say uh, without a doubt, it is the largest announcement of change that Kensington has ever uh, talked about in the 30-year history because uh, it is uh, re- involving our founders uh, and their succession. Now, many of you may not know this because you're new, but um, Kensington was started in 1990, 30 years ago, by Steve Andrews, who kind of, you know, is our leader of the whole gig, and then also uh, Dave Wilson, uh, who's currently the pastor of the Orient Campus, and then also Mark Nelson, uh, who was in charge of all of our weekends and all of the process, the weekends and the arts. Uh, And by the way, you're not going to see Mark in the video. So many people have asked me where he is. He decided to step off staff. He left Kensington about a year and a half ago to start a really cool ministry with his family uh, involving his uh, place of residence and things like that. It's very cool. Uh, But Steve and Dave uh, are going to be basically talking about how they plan now to step away from their roles of leadership and hand over the leadership of Kensington to Danny Cox, uh, who is, if you don't know who that is, uh, a pastor of the Troy campus. Uh, so, and just so you'll know, um, the idea of this entire series kind of came from this announcement. Uh, if you've been following this series the last few weeks, uh, when we were probably planning it weeks and weeks ago, there was a conversation uh, spawning from the idea that Moses, uh, when he delivered the children out of slavery in Egypt, uh, you know, everybody expected Moses to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And then uh, through a series of events uh, that are unrelated, he, Moses actually, if you don't know the story, he disobeyed God. And he was forbidden to go into the promised land. And then the leadership changed to Joshua. But it was that idea of leadership change that actually uh, uh, kind of spawned this whole series. And so that's what we're going to be hearing from today. So uh, as we sit back, just uh, hearing from not only Steve and Dave, but also Danny, I'll come back up and finish our time together. So let's watch this. Well, it's super great to be able to share this day with you at all of our campuses I got two of my favorite people in the world, uh, but they're not here. It's, I've actually stuck with Dave and Danny. Hey, I, hey, hey. I'm guessing pretty good. People might be laughing right now. <laughs> I was going to say we got the bald man group right here. Oh, that's yes, good. That's this good. is a pretty uh, interesting looking group. <laughs> it's super good. Actually, I, got, I do love you guys a lot. And uh, today we're talking about the future, the future of Kensington and our, and our future, what that looks like. And um, it's been for all three of us, I can promise you, a very roller coaster ride all the way. Yeah. And if you'll let me just uh, go back, I'd like to visit Memory Lane for just a few minutes. It was December of 1986 that I met Dave Wilson and Mark Nelson, who's not here. Mark stepped off staff last year. But as I love, I've always told people, I met these guys and I loved them from the moment moment I met him. It's incredible how God uh, knit our hearts together. We started dreaming and working out together. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got big. And, uh, and now we're small. I hope. <laughs> Actually, you're still pretty good. You've been amazing. But the years have been tough on me. But we started dreaming about reaching unchurched people for Christ. I mean, the people of our generation, especially, we wanted to reach so many of the guys that we'd grown up with were so far from no interest in Christ. We thought, what, what if we could create a church to 
reach the people of our generation? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, the reason there was love at first sight was the, was the mission in our heart was exactly the same. Yeah. And so it, it is a joke. We're working out together, but we literally, I can remember being on the bench with like 400 pounds on there. <laughs> No, I can remember looking up at you, spotting me. I, I've never had this memory till right now. And we're talking about how do we create a place where we can reach unchurched men? How do, uh -huh. we, how do we get the gospel to people that have walked away from the church? And that's what bonded us together. Yeah. It was, it's an amazing ride, man. And Danny, you're here today. As you're a result of that. 20 Absolutely. years ago, you came to Christ. I mean, it was, it was an amazing experience. But there was a passage of scripture that I wanted to to read today, because this was the passage of scripture that drove us. This was, I mean, and what's interesting is still today, the three of us burn white hot for this passage. It says in Luke 15, it says the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering, gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, the religious people muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. You remember how that just oh. moved our hearts? Still I mean, does. you gotta love the, spirit and character of Jesus who's hanging out with people far from God and the religious people mutter. Religious people are good at muttering. <laughs> mutter, 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 what's he doing? And yet that was his brand is this is why I came to reach people far from me. Yeah. So Jesus then tells him this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them I think even now as I read this, we all have lost sheep in our lives too. You know, people we really love. Yeah. But also just the people of the world. So many people are lost. And it, Jesus says, so he loses one of the hundred. He said, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Mm -hmm. And he calls his friends and neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. And Jesus said, I tell you in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And that was our dream. That was been our life vision. Yeah, and it's really where our, our mission came from. We didn't craft it as well back in 1990, but that was the heart. And now it's to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. And that's where it came from. It's amazing. Hasn't changed in 30 years. And so I don't want to take too much time on this, but I just would, looking back, it's, it's fun to remember that I almost got fired. You weren't even on staff. You were, you were teaching a large Sunday school class and working with the Lions. At Faith Church. Yeah, at Faith Church. And uh, Wally Hostetter, who inspired us with his vision, stuck with us and launched us with 40 people. And man, it's, uh, it was a great group of people. We actually, of the 40, we lost three. Two died, two, in their 20s, we lost three people. Two died in of cancer and one was killed in a car wreck before we could even start. I mean, it was a tumultuous time. But here's the end of the story. People far from Jesus came to him and it was the thrill of a lifetime. Absolutely. And we just, so for 30 years, four, three, over three years planning it and over 30 years leading it, we've just seen God do amazing things. I don't know, I think we've seen maybe 20,000 people baptized. We've launched over 80 churches in the U.S. You, you and Mark let me set the vision, which was ridiculous, of church planting and then campusing and global partners. And we've had people like Joe Nancy Worm and Don Anderson and so many incredible people who've led 
this vision all along the way. And it really has been an amazing thing. But one thing we said in the early days, and actually as I'm, as I'm speaking to all of our Kensington people today, I'm gonna say to you today, we said in that first window to 40 people, we said, if you're gonna do this with us, we want you to forget yourself. Mm. This is not about you. This is not about a church service you like or something that's pleasing to you. It's join us if you wanna see the people of this world know how much Jesus loves them. And a lot of people chose not to join us. Yeah, and a lot did. And we went on mission. I mean, it was a reckless abandonment of our lives to the call of God. And there was something that Mark Nelson and I did a conference right before we started, and this is the last thing before I'll tell you what I'm doing next, is Mark and I went to Saddleback Valley, Rick Warren's church, and he did a church conference. And, and he did the whole conference barefoot with Bermuda shorts <laughs> and in a Hawaiian shirt. Incredible, with like 800 pastors. That's Rick Warren. <laughs> it was so cool. And so as he was doing this, uh, he shared at the end of two years, he was ready to quit. He had a couple hundred people coming. Think about that. And at the end of that, he was ready to quit. And he went back to his little office in his garage in uh, California, in Los Angeles. And someone had given him a three-by-five card that said, great people are waiting to help me. And in God's time and in God's way, he'll bring, <laughs> he'll bring these people into my life. <laughs> and uh, I remember claiming that as a dream. <laughs> and I think even as all the people that are listening to this, that we love, I want every one of you to know that Dave and Danny and I feel with all our hearts that you were the great people yeah. that God was bringing and to be on mission with us. Just incredible. And so here's what I want to share with you as we move ahead. You haven't even got there yet? No. Oh, okay. No, that's, that's the history lesson. Is that okay? <laughs> all right. So now I do the rest of this fast. So every time you guys let me set vision for church, campusing, Macomb County, reaching 10,000 families, whatever, every time the Lord gave me a sense of vision, uh, it was always 2020. It was always something culminating in 2020 of 80 churches, thousands of global church plants, you know, everything that we did. And darn it, <laughs> 2020 <are>. showed up. <laughs> Here it is. And, and uh, for the last five years, I've been working hard thinking about what does it mean to, for succession, to hand off leadership to the next generation. And we're ready to do that. I'm ready to do that. But here's what I want you to know. And a lot of you aren't going to hear this, but I'm just going to tell you right now. My succession is I'm stepping out of leadership of leading Kensington. I've had that privilege for 30 years plus the three years leading it. And super blessing. It's all I've ever done with my life. But what I want you to know is I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leading Kensington forward, but I'm serving at Kensington for as long as I have breath. That's always been my intention. And uh, I'm going to be preaching a lot, probably more than I've preached in the last couple of years. I'm working with global partners, leading global trips, working with Craig McGlasson, who's uh, going to be leading our church planting movement um, and empowering the next generation leaders. I'm really excited about that. In fact, since last summer, I stepped out with the new executive team. I have not been a voting member of this team. And Danny, Jim, Co Jim Mays, uh, Alex Calder, Karen, uh, Karen James, Susan Welsh, Justin Warren's been doing an incredible job of leading this. You've been guiding them as well and doing, doing, doing a great job. But as I think about the future, I've been so energized to go back doing what I did in the early days of Kensington, which is meet with people, engage with men and uh, with families. And uh, I'm excited about the future holes and I'm excited for Kensington. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But you, we need to hear from you on what God's calling you to do. That's a little, little bigger story. Yeah, so um, 
many of you probably know this. I didn't come to Michigan from Ohio. Sorry, I'm a Buckeye. <laughs> uh, actually, I was... Still mo- irritating as all get out, isn't I know. It? We just win football games in Ohio. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be any football this year, but that's a whole other thing. But, no, I actually was moving from California, just finished a master's of divinity in seminary, and didn't come to Michigan to start a church. Didn't even know this guy. I came here to become the Detroit Lions chaplain, which I did for 33 seasons. And some of you know I had an amazing career and an impact on that team. <laughs> I mean, you won a lot of games, didn't you? Somebody (laughs) last year, I think it was from Clinton Township. It might have been from Troy campus, uh, sent me an email and said, just did the research. Just want Dave Wilson. I want you to know you're the losingest chaplain in the history of the NFL. (laughs) And I thought it was a joke. And then I realized they're right. What was the number? 317 losses in 33 seasons. So, so you don't want me to pray for you. That's what the motto is. It doesn't work. But anyway, that's why I came to Detroit. And, you know, we're laughing about this, but think about this. Ann and I have had the privilege. I can't tell you how many people we got to lead to Christ in that locker room and out of that locker room. Uh, players, wives, friends, family. I mean, one year we baptized 30 people in one season. We won three games that year. We won 30 people to Christ. So, I mean, nobody hears that side of the story. In fact, I just did a radio broadcast last month that'll be airing with John Kitna and Josh McCown, who were quarterbacks, and Dan Orlowski, and they led Dan to Christ that year. So we had this journey. And think about that. Dan Orlowski is now, has a huge platform through ESPN, and he's a Christ follower who knows why he's in that role to influence for the gospel. Mm -hmm. So that's the privilege we've had. But, you know, so Steve and I meet as I'm starting this ministry, and we start dreaming, as we said, about uh, being a part of a church that could reach people far from God. And so that's what I've been doing. But I've had this privilege, as many of you've known, to just not only do Kensington, but have other ministries on the side. Kensington was always number one and took the most time in my life. But to be able to Detroit Lions ministry took time. And then family life, we started speaking at their weekends to remember, marriage conferences all around the country in 1988. So over 30 years ago, we started doing that. We're still doing that. And that was a privilege that you gave me and the leaders of Kensington to say, we believe in that ministry as well. So I got to do things that God started to bless. And some of you know, a few years ago, we wrote our first book, Vertical Marriage, and God blessed that. And Zondervan, the publisher, came back and said, we'd like you to write a second book. So we just finished Vertical Parenting. It comes out in April. And so there's these things that God has been doing. It's unbelievable, really. It really is. I mean, who would have ever thought um, that God would do that? But what happened is two years ago, maybe three years ago, the founder and president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, who became a mentor of mine, after 40 years, stepped down as their president and went through the same thing we're going through, succession. And they chose a new president who came in and said, I don't do radio. That's not in my gift mix. So we get a call to ask us if, if Ann and I would consider being the radio host of Family Life Today. Now, a lot of you don't know what that means, but we knew what that meant. A million people listened to that a month. 260 shows a year, five days a week, 1,100 stations. It's a huge ministry that God is changing and helping marriages and families all over the world. And we're being asked to consider being a host. So, I mean, when we, and we've been doing it now almost two years, when we flew down to Little Rock where the, the home base is and the, and the studio is, we walked in that studio at like 7 a.m. in the morning before our first day of radio. 
Nobody was in there. It was dark. And we, we didn't just get on our knees. We fell on our face, Ann and I, and just said, we don't deserve to be here. We can't do this. If you don't show up, Jesus, we're going to ruin a really good ministry. And I tell you the truth, scared to death. I mean, scared to death. That, that <laughs> mic comes on and we're like, oh. Um, but now we've done almost 400 shows in the last two years. Wow. And God has blessed the ministry. It's grown. It's grown and done well. And the future is bright. And so as we're talking with Kensington through succession, we had a hard decision to make, which was we know that the future is the next generation and our time is coming to an end. We just didn't know when yet. And again, this succession dialogue has been going on for what, three years? You and me and Mark's already stepped out. And so long story short, we sought God and we sought counsel and we've decided that our time, Ann and I, to step away from Kensington is this year. So December In the 30th. the craziest year of our life. Oh, I mean, <laughs> nobody saw the pandemic coming, but right. we decided this sort of before that. But December 31st will be our last day at Kensington and specifically leading the Orient campus. And then January 1, we actually will step on full-time with Family Life and continue to do what we're doing. And that will grow more to more content. There's more books in the, in the pipeline and, and small group materials and that kind of thing. We, we have a passion to help families all around the world and God's blessing that. And so it just felt like the right time. Uh, and it's so hard to say. <laughs> it really is to, to leave this. And in a sense, we're not, because we're not gonna move. We don't have to move out of Michigan. We'll still be here. Hopefully I can still be used here in some ways, but, but our full-time job will change from this place. And there's so many people, I, I can see you as I look at you that, that God has brought into our lives, we in your life, us, you in our lives. And Ann and I are so sad on one side and so excited on the other side. So there's this tension as really the Wilsons step away uh, from Kensington. Yeah. And, uh, but we also know uh, the future's bright here and there with you and with us. And so, but that's our news for now. And uh, now we're gonna talk about what that means for yeah. Kensington. Before I do that, I just wanna say, I remember when you got that letter <laughs> in well, 1988. Yeah. yeah. We were like, we couldn't believe it. You, were, you and Ann were gonna be asked to speak and um, it was like winning the lottery. It, oh, was, un no. it was unreal. Yeah, it's real, and I don't wanna say much about this, but uh, Ann was the youngest wife they'd ever asked to become a weekend remember speaker so her first conference we're in Omaha Nebraska and she gives a talk to the wives about being wives and moms and this lady walks up to her and says you know I can't listen to you you're too young you're too immature I'm not going to listen to you I'm like oh that's a good way to start but here we are 30 some wow. years later God has worked well I just would say this to you and I'd love to say it to Mark publicly sometime this year to get us together but serving with you and Mark I think really it was the great privilege of my life yeah. other than my family. And uh, we feel the same way. And I'm excited <laughs> to launch you. I mean, holy smokes, it's yeah, incredible yeah. Uh, what you're going to do. And I'm, man, I'm still hoping you're going to be around to teach, you know, when we need you and you'll be a big shot, you know, but maybe we can squeeze, <laughs> get you to squeeze, squeeze it in on a weekend. He already is a big shot. Oh, he is. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, the Steve, have your people call my people. <laughs> oh, yeah, <probably>. what, whatever. <laughs> so, so anyway, this is a big change. So in summary, Dave's, Dave and Ann are going to do family life full time. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be serving under the leadership of what we're calling the interim executive 
pastor. And about two years ago, two and a half years ago, Wade Burnett, a consultant, started giving us a lot of great guidance. He's become a really good friend of ours, trusted. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's a smart, brilliant guy. But he felt like, and I didn't, know, I didn't know what to think about this, but he said, for three guys leading a movement for 30 years, that it would be wise to create a breathing space moment where you'd have an interim leader who would kind of help create a pathway for the future of who the next leader is gonna be. And over time, it became absolutely clear to the elders, to Dave and I and the elders, that Danny was the clear choice to be the next interim executive pastor along the way. So little fella, we thought you were, <laughs> little fella. you'd come in. We felt like you were follically challenged enough that you'd be, you'd be I great at the person. profile, that's perfect. No, but we've, I've seen you step into leadership and spiritual leadership over the last 20 years in incredible ways. And I just wanna say, I am joyfully putting my life under your leadership. I'm mm-hmm. gonna follow you as you follow Christ. Uh, I'm gonna be around here. I'm not gonna have the, I'm not, I'm stepping out of decision-making, but I'm gonna be serving, making myself available. I'm looking forward to how that's gonna play out. But the thing that I remembered as, just before I asked you to speak and Dave and I to comment and to think about this, is um, 30 years ago, Dave, uh, 1990, spoke for the first time. And um, we had made a decision. It wasn't going to be a one-person teaching thing. And thank God, because he's way better than me. And God used him in incredible ways. But the first time he got up to speak, we had... Which, which by the way, I now know why he had me speak. Because the topic that day was on sex. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know then that he would never give a talk on sex at Kensington in 30 years. <laughs> Not one. So I had to give the first one, which we called sex. What a great idea. Yeah. And then I've given many others. But, yeah. but I that, do have four kids. I know. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, that is funny, but it was a moment in our history where we were setting a, a pattern to say, this will be not a one man, this will be a team led and teaching. Yeah. And that, that was day one. But I got up and I put my hand on Dave's shoulder and, I, and there was a, you know, sellout crowd of 250 people at East Hills <laughs> Middle School. And I said, this is going to be weird to some of you because there were a lot of new unchurched people that had never been in church. And I said, but Dave and I both grew up in churches where there was always division. And I just said, I want you to know from this day forward, when Dave Wilson speaks, he speaks for me. I have his back. We, we are committed to each other. We're, we're going we're gonna to stay on focus together. And I gave I think it was a great joy that, to give you the blessing that day. And you, it was. And people's lives were changed that very day. I mean, you can still remember stories that people came up to you and God changed their life that day. Mm. Well, today, we're doing the same thing for you. We're, we're, we're social distancing, but I'm put, <laughs> I put my hands on you plenty of other times for different reasons. <laughs> but I'm putting my hands on, we're putting our hands on you to say we really believe that you're God's man for this time. And by the way, the world's totally changed in 30 years. The social complexities, mm. the cultural complexities, uh, the divides that plague us have never been greater. And honestly, I think God has raised you up for this moment mm. way more than he has for us to speak in to the cultural question. We have got, the church has got to bring people together. Yeah. This thing of people yelling at each other from sides, that's not, that's not what Jesus is doing. And so I think you have the horsepower and the cultural engagement vision for diversity, and a vision for the one in our, our Kensington DNA. And so I'm excited for the first time publicly 
hand this off to you. Love you. Well, I love you guys too, really do. I mean, that's the first thing I have to say to both of you. I have a great love for you, mm-hmm. great respect for you, and for Mark. And the, that moment when you guys said yes to Jesus, I, I benefited from that. Mm-hmm. You know, your yes mm-hmm. meant so much for me and my family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, you were preaching the day I came to Christ, Easter 2000, Dave. And you, I've always told you, you have my faithfulness in my heart. Steve, you've led me so well for all these years. You've been a spiritual father to me. And then Mark, Mark was the one that actually hired me for the first time. I was, I was a baby Christian and he hired me and he walked with me for over 10 years and just poured his life into me and taught me about ministry. He taught me about what we do, what, how God works in the community. I mean, I owe a lot to Mark and Callie. So I just want to say thank you. you know, thank to, you so much. I want to thank you too while I'm thinking of it because one of the surprises that people didn't know about him was how indefatigable he is in work. Yeah. He, he's always having fun, but he's as hard a worker as I've ever known. I think you're even a harder worker. I mean, I've never seen anybody just, you're like Mark Nelson. You go after it. You mm. pursue people. You, this intensity that you bring, you brought this intensity to getting your, your master's of global leadership at Fuller Seminary. All these things that you're doing, it's just been, a, been amazing to me, and I'm, I'm honored and proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was wild when the elder sat me on his shoulder. And, you know, I remember calling Amy that day. I was like, it was early February. And I said, wow, you know, I just got an interesting call. And, and we were shocked. You know, we really were. And we took, probably took a week, two weeks to think through it, mm-hmm. to pray through it, to say, God, what are you doing yeah. in this moment? And it's, it's been beautiful to move into even the leadership in the beginning of March, you know, and starting to, to lead with the executive team. Uh, crazy time to lead. <laughs> You'd walk in in this particular time is just wild, you know, but it was, it was a real honor to be able to step in, mm-hmm. you know, and to do that. And so I, we're, we're honored to be, to be part of that. I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the executive, the interim executive role, what that word interim actually means. Because in the typical sense of interim, actually what it means is you are there to prepare the way for the next permanent leader. Mm -hmm. And so that is what we're going to do. We are going to prepare the way for the next uh, permanent leader. But uh, this is a little bit different because COVID did enter in and civil rest entered in and succession and all of these things are happening in this time. And so though we're preparing the way sort of uh, in the typical sense, an interim team would be like selling a house. You know, you would clear it out and you'd paint the walls and you'd get everything ready for the next person to move in. Now we have to make some, some remodeling. You know, we have to really step in and make some big changes. And so it's not a time in the interim where it's more of a neutral we're actually going to be, we're going to need to push and push pretty hard. So, you know, you know, Wade Burnett said that in the typical sense, if you had five gears to lead in this time, typically the interim would touch gear one, two, maybe three, yeah. uh, but it would never hit those fourth and fifth gears of leadership. Well, we're at a point now with everything that's happening that we have to make uh, big decisions, fourth, fifth gear decisions. And, and you're one of them, Dave and Ann, you know, to have Orion Campus, uh, you know, have to have a, another lead pastor and walk into your shoes, you know, 30 years, founder, incredible speaker, leader. Uh, that's a big deal. Sure and is. we inherited a pretty short timeline, <laughs> six months, you know. And so we have to really step into that. That's priority for us right now. And there's a few other ones like that. And just so you know, if you're part of Orion mm-hmm. family and for everyone to know, you know, we kind of knew some of this was coming. So we started looking at some people internally, uh, candidates that could possibly do that. And we are down the road with one in particular. We looked regionally. And then after this weekend, after hearing this, we can actually go nationally and search for that if we need to. But that's going to be top priority. And there's a number of other things we have to do. Of course, we have reintegration, how we're going to come back to services, what the church is going to look like. And it's wild because God, with this pandemic, he has flattened the world. We actually have a common experience between all people. 
Right. And the church has been that way too. And so we're being redefined as a church. We're being redefined in culturally around the world. So we have a lot of big decisions we have to step into. But God is, is doing something unique and something very new. And so we have to be aware of that. That's why I keep coming back to this passage in Isaiah. I've shared it a number of times, but it's been very moving to me and inspiring to me. It's Isaiah 43, 18. It says this, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. And I keep uh, being reminded our instinct is to say, I can hardly wait till it gets back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> but normal's not coming back like no, we've not. known normal. So I've really rested on this idea of don't consider those things. And then God says, I'm about to do a new thing. And now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I mean, I think about what you're heading into, Dave. You know, yeah. I think about all of us heading into a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And then I love this line. It says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God will make the way. Yeah. And I think it's critical right now that Obviously, you know, it's an obvious statement to make, but we just have to be holding on to Jesus. He is making the way. Uh, we're trying to perceive it and see it and pray through it. But boy, what a wild, wild time to lead mm-hmm. uh, and a wild time to even go through what we're going through. But it's the timing that God has given us and we have hope in Christ. So we sure do. So I'm grateful to be. And 2020 sure came fast, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and we never expected it to be the craziest year. And yeah. it's, it's, it's something that I want to say is, Kensington begins to write a new chapter of its story of reaching the one for Christ. The complexities of the world are so much greater. And I am excited to turn it over. You, you Jim, the, the team we have right now is a team that has been equipped for complexity. And I think that's really powerful. And that was not us. <laughs> we were not very good at no, complexity. No, yeah. we were God's people for the right time. And, and God is really going to do, thing, do a new thing. And I want to say to everybody listening, um, in, in times of transition, there's a tendency to fold your arms and go, yeah, I'll just watch and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Listen, the point of Kensington has always been is that you're the ministers. If you're a follower yeah. of Christ, you're strategically placed. God is moving in you. We are going to continue to support the movement of God. And we've seen that during COVID, maybe as, as well as any other time. With Becky Lee and our move out, it's to say, um, and you say, well, uh, how can I, what could I do to honor Steve and Dave? Well, you can write letters, you can send cash, you can do all that. I'm just kidding, <laughs> all that dumb stuff. But here's what you could do if you wanted to honor us. Just throw yourself into life with Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Yeah. And if God's called you here, you pour your energy here. And don't give in to grumbling, right? You Focus on what is beautiful and good, Philippians 4. Mm-hmm. Think about the things that are lovely and good report. And let's continue on mission together. That's the dream. Yeah. That would be my 30-year you know, challenge to you. Let's keep it going. Yeah, and I would just say this, and we want to pray for you, Danny, but yeah. the church is essential. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about essential, non-essential. It is in a critical. Yeah. Is if ever in the history of the world, the church is so needed right now, and Kensington's needed, so... Got what it. we do in the next few years is critical. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to pray for you. We love you. I'll take that. Okay. I love you guys too. Yeah, pray with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done. This ride, this journey, this adventure is, has been unbelievable. It's been epic. You have done beyond what we dreamed and imagined in the last 30 years. And I believe you're going to do beyond what we dream or imagine in the future. So Lord Jesus, I pray for Danny and the executive team and the elders and the leadership here and the, and the next leader. I pray for wisdom.
to hear your voice, to know clearly where you're leading and courage to follow you boldly wherever you take Kensington. I pray that the that your blessing would pour out over this place and over these leaders. And Lord, if we learn anything from looking at your life in the Gospels, Jesus, you used unlikely people. <laughs> and you used us. We we're a part of that. And we cannot believe all that you've done and that you're, that you're continuing to do. And you pulled Danny Cox out of, out of, out of a, a life of his own living and called him to yourself. And as one of tens of thousands of stories you've let us live. And so yeah. bless Dave and Ann, move them in power and, you know, and do us proud in this incredible journey and continue to let them, you know, keep their toenail, keep their toes dipped into this place. Don't not so much a toenail. <laughs> and Lord, for Danny, give him the, the strength, the wisdom, the endurance, the love. And I think as we think about this more than anything else, the privilege you've given us to serve you with people we love who are not about themselves, but about the people that need to know of your great love. What an unbelievable privilege that has been and is and will continue to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Elbows. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if you realize this or not, we, uh, if you're, especially if you're new, but I don't think we take time to realize this. Uh, but actually, our entire campus existence uh, is made possible because of the vision that God called Steve, Dave, and Mark to 30 years ago. So this building, our entire campus, we exist because obviously God did that, but, but God did it through their obedience. So uh, if you've been around a while, especially, I know that Steve, David, Mark are not here in person, but if you've appreciated them over the years, let's appreciate them together. Would, would you mind doing that? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I got my phone here for my notes, but uh, uh, you know what? It's pretty monumentous. I mean, it's just huge. It's just a big, big deal today. So I, I want to let you know that uh, even though that the leadership of Kensington uh, isn't, uh, is changing, the mission statement at Kensington, of course, is going to stay the same. As Dave mentioned in the video, and so did Steve, uh, if, if you don't know what our mission statement is, that we want to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. And so um, we actually... Uh, are going to continue to move forward. I have a lot of respect for Steve, Dave, and Mark. I just want to say that I actually came to Kensington 16 years ago, August 1st, 2006. And honestly, it's almost exclusively because of Dave Wilson, just of you know meeting him, seeing his talent, who he was. I have tremendous respect for him. He's a, he's a good friend, and I love him dearly. Uh, and even though that nothing is going to change in terms of our mission, uh, honestly, even as a campus, uh, you're not going to really see, you know, much on the surface change in terms of the faces on a campus level. Uh, Danny Cox uh, is going to definitely be leading the decisions in terms of a central, you know, like behind the scenes, those decisions will be made by Danny and the elders and then also the executive team. Uh, just so you'll know, Danny actually sits uh, on the elder board and has for a while. And uh, I think, in fact, I think he's the only uh, functioning staff member on the elder board. And it's been that way for a good while. And he's been leading behind the scenes 
for quite some time. Uh, I like Danny. I like him a lot. I've always have. Um, in fact, uh, I've said he's a very unique leader in that at Kensington, we've always made a joke that Steve and Dave and even myself were not wired to have the pastor gift, you know, the, the shepherding or counseling gift, you know, that caring one-on-one kind of a gift. And I think that's Danny's greatest strength, uh, you know, among his leadership abilities. And so uh, that's unique uh, in that uh, he's, he's the, definitely the most different leader in that respect that we've had, uh, so that's a good thing. And then um, wanted to say also that uh, Danny sent out an email to all of us, and he was reminding us of how people don't like change. And that is true, isn't it? I mean, there's most of us just don't like change in general. Uh, but again, on a campus level, you're gonna see primarily the same faces. And so the only time you'll really see something different is when we do a Kensington video or like a big Kensington stuff. Obviously, you'll see those and feel the ripple effects just through the, through the decisions. But in terms of a campus level, not much will change for this experience for sure. And then also, it's, it's a great reminder as well for those who struggle with change. It's a great reminder of knowing that the, that the pastor of Kensington has always been Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? So if you've been here a while, Jesus is the one that we look to. In fact, Danny, myself, Steve, Dave, Mark, all of us, all we really do as leaders is we submit to the leading and the blessing and the voice of Jesus Christ, and that's what we do. And and Jesus has always had his hand on this place, and I firmly believe he always will. And so for those of us who struggle with change, it's really important to know that like with God at the helm, as, as long as Jesus is leading this place, then, then that gives us comfort uh, knowing that you know, that's a future that can always be trusted in, it can always be counted on, and it's always bright. And so for us, that's, that's what uh, we have to remind ourselves of. Because listen, uh, the bottom line is, is even though that uh, times are uncertain, the times that we're living in, I mean, this that we've heard today is, you know, maybe thinking like, hey, you know, what's that mean? But honestly, we've been living in a season of what's that mean? Uh, we've been living in, you know, the last four months of like, okay. And just like the song that we opened with, that, that God is good, he, is, he can be trusted. And so therefore, we're gonna lean on that, you know, to inform any uncertainty that any of us have been facing whether it's circumstantially, whether it's in COVID, or whether it's you know anything that else that we consider, so uh, I'd love to pray with you, uh, and actually invite you to pray to pray for Kensington's future, uh, to invite all of us to say, okay, let's go to God and let's ask Him to be with us because Kensington has been through a lot of changes, in fact, quite a few, and so just like Danny said, he you know, read the scripture that says, you know, behold, I'm doing a new thing, and the thing that he you know, iterated in the video is, is that, you know, the church is being redefined. He's been very uh, passionate about saying that, you know, what, what is that? How's that going to look? So together, we want to be a people that just says, okay, let's, let's go before God and say, what does that mean? And so I'd love to invite you to pray with us as we uh, ask God to lead us through these changes. So would you pray with me together? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your blessing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that you are good, that we lean on you, that we can always trust in you. And Father, that you are the pastor and the leader of this church. And we firmly believe that. And we believe that for the future. And so Father, we just ask that you would work in our hearts as we um, uh, are, are together, united, having one mind. Hopefully we are people of one accord, of like-mindedness. And I pray, Father, that you would... Uh, Uh, Help us to continue to trust you through uh, this season that we're in that is so uh, strange, this COVID season, and then the next steps that we face 
in life moving forward. So Lord, once again, we thank you for moving. We thank you for having your hand upon this place. And Father, I pray that we would never, ever, ever be a place that, that loses sight of the person who is furthest from you. Lord, I pray with every single bit of my being, every single bit of my heart and my entire self, that we would always be a church that focuses on the lost person, the person who does not know you, the person who feels furthest from you. And Lord, I pray that that would always be the very first thing that we put uh, as the top of the priority um, when it comes to our church and our mission. So Father, once again, we thank you and we ask that you would continue to be with us. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. So let's sing together that God is good.
You know, that song is the perfect sentiment to whatever it is that you're facing in life. Maybe you've walked in through the doors or you're listening online and maybe whatever you're dealing with has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. But again, just reflecting on, which again is the heart of the series, reflecting on, remembering, you know, what, uh, what God has done, who God is, who we are and whose we are. Whatever it is that, that, that you're facing moving forward. Uh, when Joshua was called to a new task, again, because things were never explained by God uh, to Joshua in any detail uh, until, you know, until, you know, right before. And even, even then, when, God, when he was given detail, he really didn't know how things were going to unfold. And I think that that's so relevant for us because, you know, hearing days like today, you walk out and you're like, hey, what was church about today? You're like, change. You know, what, what does it mean? I don't know. But again, whether it's that or whether it's COVID or whether it's whatever you're dealing with relationally or whether it's your job or any type of circumstance, what do we do? We are called to remember just who it is that we're trusting in, just who it is that we're praying to. And we, gotta, we have to remember that God is good through all the uncertainty, through all the change. So I pray that's what you leave with today. I want to encourage you as you flood the aisles. Remember social distancing also in the lobby. And then also, if you have a prayer need, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you. They're not going to be in the auditorium, but they're going to be out in the lobby. So you can go find them. They would love nothing more than to pray with you. I hope you come back and join us for part number uh, four next week as as Joshua heads into Jericho. So we'll be there. We'll be here. And we hope that you come in and join us. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you then.